Hello, and welcome to Project Amplify. In today's episode, we're not going to talk about how, since there's no gravity in space, toilets on the space station are basically vacuums that suck up anything that comes out of an astronaut when they, well, you know, go to the bathroom. We are going to hear from a good friend of mine, Katie Heinemann. Katie and I met in high school, and she's one of the coolest people I know. Katie studied aerospace engineering in college, which basically means she can build rocket ships, and now that I'm thinking about it, probably those toilets on the space station as well. Hmm. Currently, she works for NASA, so yeah, you can see how she's awesome. Katie is going to share two stories. In this first one, she talks about her dream to go to the Air Force Academy after high school. The Air Force Academy is where people can go if they want to join the Air Force to fly planes or become an engineer that works with planes, plus lots of other cool jobs with the military. It's not easy to get into the Air Force Academy, as you'll hear from Katie. My hope is that listening to her story will help you see that it's okay to work hard to reach a goal and then decide that the goal isn't what you want to do anymore. Here we go. I set a lot of goals for myself in life, but this was my first really big goal that I remember setting. And so my goal was to get into the Air Force Academy. Um, I was 17 at the time and I knew that airplanes were really cool and I knew that I wanted to study airplanes and maybe fly airplanes. Um, and so the Air Force Academy seemed like the right place for that for me. Now, disclaimer, I did not end up going to the Air Force Academy. I ended up getting an aerospace engineering degree from the University of Minnesota, but this was a goal I was trying to achieve at the time. So 17-year-old me um, didn't really know how to do it, right? So went ahead and did a lot of Googling. Google, yes, did exist when I was 17. I know it feels like a long time ago, but it did exist. <laughs> um, so did a lot of Googling and learning as much as I could about what it would take to get in, read a lot of testimonials. Um, and so that was one obstacle, not knowing anything. Um, so I just tried to talk to everybody and ask as many questions as I could and ask Google as well. So learned a lot that way. Learned that I actually had to talk to my Congress people and I actually had to uh, talk to alumni and write some really strong essays. So enlisted bits of help along the way, but those, those were all what I was pretty strong at. And there was one bigger obstacle, which was um, a physical fitness test. Now, I was kind of fit at the time, but I wasn't Air Force fit. I was like 17-year-old kid fit who, you know, worked out sometimes, didn't work out that much though. <laughs> so um, so I took my first physical fitness test um, December of that year. It was due in like February. So I took it early and I did not do great. Um, I ran like an eight minute mile and I needed to run a six minute mile and I could do 30 push-ups, and I needed to do, do 50 push-ups, And so all these things uh, kind of correlated with scores. So my score was not that great, but um, I turned it in anyway, hoping for the best. And the Air Force Academy got back to me in January and they said, you know, you're a great candidate and you've got your nominations, but I mean, the physical fitness test, is just not gonna cut it. You're not gonna make it. And so they asked me to redo it. And they said I had to redo it within the month. And so I had to figure out how to work out and how to like improve this score in a month. And like, it's tricky to do, go from 30 to 50 push-ups and take two minutes off your mile time in a month. And so I knew I needed help. Um, one of my friend's moms actually was a physical fitness trainer at the local YMCA. And so 
um, called her up and asked her, I was like, I knew, I know I need reinforcements. I need someone to train me. She offered to help me out, um, built me a really intense training plan um, that spanned exactly one month. And she's like, if you follow this rigorously, you will, um, you'll make it. And so, <laughs> and so I started lifting weights three times a week, running five miles three times a week, um, and then resting um, one day a week, which was, uh, felt like the best day. But anyway, yeah. So um, really focused on the goal and the task at hand and really um, relied on the expertise of others because I knew myself and I knew that that was not expertise that I had. Um, and then in the end was able to really um, achieve that goal. I did get a six minute mile time, which is the best mile I've ever run in my life. Um, I did do, uh, I think it was like three or four pull-ups, which I went from zero. <laughs> and then I also did uh, those 50 push-ups that I needed to. So really proud that I put in the work and uh, I enlisted the help that I needed. And I did eventually get appointed to the Air Force Academy, which, which felt amazing. In the end, it wasn't quite the right fit for me, but, um, but that was definitely a big, a big goal and a big obstacle that I had when I was 17. Did, like looking back on it, because you didn't go to the Air Force Academy, um, do you think that reaching that goal felt different than if you had ended up following through with that original plan? Or can you speak to like what it meant to change your plan and how that made you kind of reflect on all the work you put into it? Yeah, I mean, all the work I put in it was not for naught. Like, I learned how to work out. So even after that, even when I decided not to go, I kept lifting weights, I kept running, I ended up running a marathon um, a couple years later. And so it was very transferable skill. And it's okay to change your plan as long as you know why you're changing your plan. And, you know, it's also okay to put in maximum effort to reach whatever goal you're trying to reach. Um, at that time and then you have options later you know so i was also applying to other universities at the time so the air force academy was my goal but i also had you know the university of minnesota an acceptance letter there as well and so it really just gave me options in the end in katie's second story she shares how she decided to move over 1,000 miles away from her home in minnesota to go to graduate school at Johns Hopkins University in Maryland. Graduate school is also called grad school. That's what you'll hear Katie say. People can go to grad school after getting a college degree to learn even more about something they're passionate about. Basically, it means being in school for years. It was a big decision for Katie. It meant changing her life in a lot of ways. Let's listen as she tells us why doing something scary was one of the best things she ever did. So something that I did that scared me was um, I went to grad school a couple of years back, summer of 2019. And so this was after I had already established myself in a career. I had a job. I had a house. I had tenants. Um, I had a partner at the time. And so all these things um, that I had, I was moving forward in life as expected. However, I wanted to do more. I knew I wanted to work for NASA. And so I knew that that required um, a little more education than what I had. I had a bachelor's of aerospace engineering and I knew that NASA really liked master's degrees and above. And so I knew I needed a master's degree. So I applied to public health school, um, did some research and decided that that was what I wanted to study. Um, got into my local program at the University of Minnesota 
and also got into the top program, which is Johns Hopkins. And so that was a pretty big decision for me. Um, do I stay in Minnesota or do I move to Baltimore um, to go to Johns Hopkins, which would require me moving from my home um, and changing my life pretty significantly. So I was very scared um, to do that and ended up making the choice to go to Johns Hopkins. Um, partner that I had. I don't have a partner. I didn't have a partner anymore. Um, so that was unfortunate. Um, my house, I rented it out. Um, I packed up my vehicle just with what fit in it at the time um, and went off and chased my dream of going to Johns Hopkins. Um, yeah, I quit my job. So went from having some income to having no income. It was all very scary. Um, but I'd say it was absolutely worth it um, because it was a calculated goal. So I knew kind of what it would be to go to Johns Hopkins. I knew what it would cost. Um, I knew how I was gonna get through it and I had a very clear idea of what I wanted out of it. So um, yeah, very terrifying. Um, but why I did it is because I just wanted to do more with my life um, than what I was doing. And I just wanted to get into a little more specific field than what I thought I had options to get into. So what did I learn from it? Um, you really don't owe anyone anything, which is actually something from my current partner. Um, she's brilliant. And it says, you know, your life is yours to live. And so be sure that you are living it. Um, and so that's, I mean, a great life motto, not even mine. <laughs> and then also I do currently work for NASA. So I learned a lot and grew a lot um, in getting into the industry that I wanted to get into. Um, and then I also really grew and learned that I can rely on myself um, for achieving anything that I want to achieve, um, which I knew before, because I had achieved a lot before, um, but really, really knowing that, like, even though this is going to be very expensive, even though I'm going to move away from everything I know for a little bit, um, I can really rely on myself and get through whatever I need to get through or whatever I want to get through in order to achieve my goals. Um, yeah, and so I guess when I think about it, I think you know, Sally Ride said, I want to be remembered as someone who is not afraid to do what she had to do in order to achieve her goals. And I really uh, thought that I embodied that um, in this particular move to grad school. So yeah, take risks. Scary stuff is good as long as you think through it and know why you're doing it. When I introduced her, I said that Katie was one of the coolest people I know. For this episode's point to ponder, think about someone in your life that you think is cool. I don't mean a famous singer or a YouTube star, but someone you actually know. What about them do you admire? If your first thought is their clothes or their hairstyle, that's okay. Honestly, I think Katie rocks the best haircuts. It is one of the reasons I think she's so cool. However, don't stop there. Dig deeper. Why else do you think they're cool? For me, Katie has always been someone who goes out into the world and says, I'm here and I love who I am. That's not easy. It's a choice she has to make every single day. It's something about her that I think is really cool and inspires me in my own life. Next, here's your challenge. Tell the person you're thinking about why you admire them. Maybe it's in a text or a card. Maybe you tell them face to face, which can be scary, but is totally worth it to see them smile. However you do it, use your own words. I know it might feel a little awkward, but I guarantee you'll make their day. 
Stay curious, be kind, and I'll say bye for now. Thank you.